just two regular dudes from a state far away. I wouldn't want to live in. They DJ and lift weights. They think they are so great, but no one cared about their opinions. So they start a podcast, I-O-L-T-O-S. I only like their old stuff. That's what they'd say. Whether they hate or hype, they're almost never do this let's let's do this yeah uh what's up everybody welcome to episode 169 (laughs) of i only like their old stuff the podcast where we answer the question what's the hype uh i'm jay and with me is groove 69 (laughs) 69 and that that's hilarious numbers are funny it's funny because it's a, a nickname for a sex position. Oh, is that why people laugh at that? Yeah, people laugh because it makes them think of sex, and most people are a little bit scared to think about sex. Right. Is that is that what four twenty is? That's yeah, four twenty is a sex position too. You put weed in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, full disclosure, everybody, we are not feeling great. Uh, Groove is feeling worse than me, but we both got our uh, our second 5G shot on uh, the past few days, and uh, it, it it kicked my ass, and I'm recovering, and then Groove's in the midst of it right now, so yeah, it's uh, not great, so this might be a short show. I'm not going to complain. I'm, I mean, I'm, you still can. No, nah, I'm going to, I'm I'm trying to be... Martyr. So tough that I, I never complain about anything ever again. Yeah, you're a martyr. You're a real martyr. Three uh, eleven's a sex position too. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. You know, maybe me being under the weather because of this microchip I got in my arm. Yeah. Is gonna make is it'll make me the funny one for one time. Yeah. Because I'm relaxed, I'm not anxious. I'm yeah. just thinking about different sex positions. You know, you're just sitting there thinking. Speaking of sex positions, I was going to sing you a Hoobastank song today, but I couldn't remember what that song was. I think I can't remember last time I heard the word Hoobastank. Hoobastank. I'm just gonna. That's my starting it out strong. Just saying the word Hoobastank. What I, I, I need to know this song. They had now. two. I think they had a hit song, and then it was like five years later they had another hit song, and everybody's like, "Oh, that Hoobastank band is back." Hoobastank. Hoobastank. I'm pulling them up on my phone <laughs> because uh, you know I just at least I need to know what they look like. <clears throat> yeah. The reason. The because re- the reason is you. And yes. they had another song too, didn't they? Let's look at this discography. This is just going to be the show. We're just looking at discography. Crawling in the dark. No. Where's the singles at? They got some singles. All right. Crawling in the dark. No. Running away. 
remember me? One of our fans that's a huge Hibastank fan is like, oh my God, it was blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jake, he's a uh, Jake. I like, I like that you said one of our one fans. Of our fans. <laughs> no, no, the truth is yeah. there's one person that was a fan of Hoobastank. He happens to listen to this podcast too. And the truth of the matter is joke's on us. Yeah. Okay, because Jake is a consistent listener of the show. And all we do is clown his taste. And we can't seem to understand that. The fact that he continues to listen to our show reflects on what kind of uh, content we put out there that a fan of Hoobastank and Kid Rock yeah. would be listening to us too. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, the, I mean, it's 100%, right? Jake, actually, we're not making this up. He is a Hoobastank fan. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I'm pretty sure at camp one year, he was super into Hoobastank. <laughs> that, would, that would bring me joy you know i honestly because i'm feeling the way i feel and i kind of like don't really have any any fucks to give yeah. i'm gonna text jake right now while we're talking you can keep carrying this show i'm okay. just gonna ask him are you a i can't even spell it h-o-o-b a S T A N K. Well, who Just came up with that? Exactly name? how it stands. Oh, it's sometimes it's stylized with an infinity sign where the O's are. It says, of course, because of course it does. Yeah. Um, there, you know what? Who mistake makes me think of what poor man's incubus, <laughs> you know? And I'm, I, I like have mixed emotions about goes. incubus and uh. There he goes. Yeah, are you out on and, the beach? No, I think you're right though. It is it is like poor man's incubus. Whatever yeah. genre of that type of music, rock music that was, they are in that genre. Yeah. There's probably some other ones too where it's like we're going to touch a little bit on metally stuff, but not really. You know? Because that other like, Hoobastank song that I'm thinking of was like a harder, like, it wasn't a ballad, like, the the reason is you. It wasn't that. It was, it was a little, well, I think it was running away. Do you feel bad for me right now? Why? Because of how I feel. Yeah. Because I felt that way on, to, on Friday. Okay. Well, then, can I cash it in for you to sing me some Incubus right now? <laughs> what is the big Incubus song? You gotta pull it out. I don't I remember what it was. I saw it. I've seen. I saw Incubus on. Uh, I can. I can hear. I can hear the sound to it. Like yeah. I can hear the music of it. I just. It. I don't know the words. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm. I'm I w- would do this for you. Um, I saw them. Oh, it's a pardon me while I drift. Pardon me while I ran and Yeah. It's, it's into not into the sea or some shit like that. It's a part in me. Yeah. It's not the lyrics do not matter at all. He's singing as an instrument, as another instrument in the he's just singing along with the guitar basically. Just the a part in me. It's got that kind of wah wah sound to it too in there. Yeah. If I remember correctly, they did an MTV unplugged. That I'm sure they did. I think that is correct. Um, I saw it's right up there with Nirvana. Oh, second place, second place to Nirvana's. Um, yeah, I saw them on the last traveling Lollapalooza. It was them, the Distillers, uh, 
what was that audio slave oh um, yeah now you're speaking my language yeah audio slave audio slave with you know they had the screaming trees singer sing with them too um lord what's the gods of the stone age what is that what is that band queens of the, queens stone, of the stone age were there um and jurassic five and i got to meet jurassic five did you get a picture with them no cut chemist was mean to me Oh. But uh, I did get to, I did get their autographs. I didn't get a picture. Of them. As much as I, I really don't want to say it. Your video is paused, and I, I, I like seeing you talk. So please oh. talk about. What's wrong with it? All right, hold on. Let's try it again. Yours just white went black for a second. And... Yeah, I restarted mine to try and quietly off cam fix mm. the problem. Why is it not working? I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure the fans love to hear this. It's part. probably my internet connection. Yeah, this is great. Let me turn my take my phone off the network since we have like 1870s Wi-Fi in here. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'll try it again in a second. I'm sorry. Fan of the show Matt thinks that internet is housed on trucks. He said that Verizon stores all the internet next to his apartment because he, all the trucks are there. All the Verizon internet trucks are there. All the repair trucks. Okay, so I saw that text message in one of our groups about video games, and I saw that it was thread. A, it was a callback. And I didn't understand. I didn't know what was going on there. I was like, oh, I, I missed out on this. So he thinks that the internet is a finite thing that can be used up like a, like a fossil fuel. No, and then he, they store it in a. He was like talking about how he has some other internet provider. Yeah. You there? Yeah. Ah, uh, God, I got a phone call on it. You gotta take that. This is really starting off. I can well. pause it. No, I don't need to take it. Okay. Um. Yeah, he was on. He he was talking about how slow his internet was the other day, and he's like, "I just don't understand. They got all those internet trucks right around the corner from my house." <laughs> so he thinks that the internet comes out of the truck. They they got it in. The yeah, they're keeping it in the truck. They, they bring the internet, but via truck. Get me a box of internet. Bring it up here. <laughs> I mean, who, who knows? Who really can know how any of these things work? It's a series of tubes. Yeah. It's a it's turtles all the way down. And that was an old joke that I hadn't thought about in a long time. Tubes. The internet is a series of tubes that Al Gore created. Uh, wish You Were Here does that song, I think. I <laughs> wish you were here. Is that the same song? Um, I... <laughs> no, it's not. A good question. It's not, because there's... That is like, Pardon Me is the song you were talking about. <laughs> and Wish You Were Here is the same song. It's not the same song, though. It's not the same song. It's like ACDC. Is... They have one song, they do it great, and they release it every few years um, wow. under a different name. I wish you were here. <laughs> 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 wish you were you know, here to be, be honest with you i might i might go listen to some of those songs later on today hey i was never i wasn't really into them but they were good live 
I'm going to get I mean, you I'm, I'm going to get my hip necklace back out and grow my bangs out. Yeah, bro. They had a cool logo. It had like that like Wi-Fi looking wave in it or something. <laughs> speaking of, of speaking of truck based internet. Yeah, speaking of internet. From <clears throat> yeah. The, I don't know why my camera's just not gonna not gonna do it. Maybe I gotta unplug it. Hold on. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? You enjoying this? This is good. All right, we're back. Unfortunately, we didn't record did for like suck? five minutes there. We did some great material on Incubus. Turns out that no, uh, the the Incubus stuff wasn't recorded. No, not what the original the bit was. But then I everybody just to summarize it, we found out that "Wish You Were Here" and uh, "Pardon Me" are two separate songs, even though we thought that they might be the same song. Because one is "Pardon Me" and the other one's "I Wish You Were Here." Um, so we we had some housekeeping too. We uh. Well, we want to say uh, congratulations to uh, to Grizzles, longtime fan Grizzles, on uh, you know on his wife's number one fan status this week because <laughs> she just had the third Grizzles baby. So Courtney had had the, the the third Grizzles baby. So we're giving number one fan this week to Courtney. Congratulations! Congratulations, Courtney. Courtney. No uh, one more deserving. Number one fan, just raising up those little fans. They're going to listen to the show in the future to learn about their father. You know, and we're going to—they're going to learn their daddy's a herb. <laughs> herb, he's a herb. Oh, just making herb. the making the pouty face right now. Just me. Pay attention to me. <laughs> uh, congratulations. To, I got a. Uh, I also got an update. Jake says uh, he's not really a Hoobastank fan. He said a good song or two, but never owned a CD. I believe. <laughs> I think that there that's some revisionist history because I'm pretty sure that he was riding real hard for Hoobastank when that 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 song came out. But I'm, I'm gonna uh, say, what I'm... about Incubus? <laughs> <laughs> now Incubus. Wish you were here. Jackie's in the other room just just cursing me because she loves Incubus. She's oh, a, of course. She is. She's a huge Incubus fan. She's mentioned it multiple times that she's mad that I got to see them live. Incubus is a sex position, too. Incubus. It's 420, bro. <laughs> is where you stick weed up your butt? That's where you put weed in your butt. Um. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, Sorry, my cat is right here out of frame, and I'm just just scratching her ear really hard. So um, maybe maybe it was the cat that stopped the recording. It probably was. It's her fault. Um, so uh, what's the hype? Is there any hype? Well, I'd I'd say my hype is the fact that I'm now fully vaccinated. That's my hype as well. Even though uh, it was kind of hellacious, I am. Uh, I haven't even fully processed it yet. You know. Towards like, oh, well, now I can be irresponsible. My, my, my not the hype is how I feel right now because I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, for the sake of variety, I have a different not the hype, but that was my not the hype from two days ago for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I'll be all right. You know, it's not that big of a deal. It's one afternoon of flu-like symptoms, but and also, you know, I'm just like really tough and. Pretty yeah. unstoppable. Yeah, man. 
you got that Lyme disease going on that's just got to help I'm you. A, in this. You know, look, here's the thing. When we turn this episode off, when we stop recording, I'm just going to I'm gonna keep my headphones on and I'm going to crank. Ah. Ah. Wish you were here. He says something about toes in the sand. I dig my toes into the sand. <laughs> Are you sure that's what the lyric is or is that how you have interpreted it? Yell at Jackie right now because I want to be confirmed correct on the on the podcast. About what? The hey Jackie. I dig my toes into the sand. Just say I dig D- my toes into the hey, sand. Hey, does incu- does Incubus sing I dig my toes into the sand? What? Yes? Okay, you're right. I know I am. I wasn't saying that you were like I mean, I understand that that's what it sounds like. I just don't know if that's the actual <laughs> lyric, you know? <laughs> And to be honest, like, you know, if there's ever anybody not to know the lyrics, it's this guy. Yeah, you're just like, fuck lyrics. I dig my toes into the sand. Now, is that in the, wish you were here? Or was that in the, pardon me? Don't you dare what? ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because up until about five minutes ago, you thought that was the same song. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. is. For it's all intents and purposes, it is. <clears throat> um, I have a mop, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. That, best line delivery of the episode. I really feel like when he said that, it was like him just like dicking around with Ryan. Like, look at what this show has come to. Yeah. I have a mop, Ryan. I have a mop, yeah. How contrived is this I show now? I have a mop, Ben McKenzie. Um, no, but there's one of the greatest contrivances in the history of the show appears in that episode. So we'll get into that in a little bit. I can't wait to talk. Uh, you're talking about Olivia Munn's bangs? <laughs> no, I'm talking about her rainbow, uh, her rainbow bouffant. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that fucking hairstyle yeah. is the most. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me a 17 year old does her hair like that every day? Yeah, 17. <laughs> I love how they aged her down for that. Yeah. You're 17? Oh, does that mean that we can be love interests? Olivia's mom was like 30 at the time of that recording. Um, <laughs> what might not the hype is uh, <laughs> is uh, cr- cryptocurrency experts that suddenly have oh. appeared everywhere <laughs> on my timeline. Um, in case anybody's been living under a rock, uh, Elon Musk, the savior of humanity, greatest human being of all time, according to uh, a lot of people, um, it was on SNL last night, and so all my really stupid friends that think they are financial experts because they made fifteen dollars off of uh, you know, Bitcoin a year ago or whatever. Um, they they're like, oh, you got to buy the Dogecoin, you got to buy the Dogecoin, you know, it's it's, it's you got to buy the dips, you got to buy the I, the worst thing that's happened in all this is that these people have learned financial terminology, okay? Because <laughs> it is, I don't think they understand what any of it means. They're just spouting it out. Just stocks and bonds, you know, Wall Street Journal, uh, dips, uh, buy the dip, uh, you know, dip a chip. Uh, you know, we're going to the moon with the moon riding on the... Hey, how does a cryptocurrency work? Well, it's the blockchain makes the the thing from the computers make the thing and then uh 
they take the thing and it's it provides a service actually it's uh it 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 does a it may you know how amazon has to they have to do uh when you put a thing in the amazon and you're like put you fill out you well that that it doesn't run on the blockchain but it could it one day it could uh it could make a thing that that and it just makes it takes a lot of energy and uh none of us can buy computer parts anymore that's how it works <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just sick yeah. of it. I'm just over it, man. I just and the but <laughs> I had the glorious revel. Did you see what happened last night? No, I haven't watched it. So all these people were like, "Oh, buy Dogecoin. It's going to go through the roof when Elon Musk is on SNL." Well, he went on SNL, and during the episode, it absolutely tanked. Like it lost Hell like yeah. it lost like fifty points or something. It was crazy. It just tanked, and I was just loving it. And uh. I put up. I made a meme of uh, Ralph Wiggum, you know, from The Simpsons, the little, the, the little kid, Ralph Wiggum, the yeah. one that eats glue, and I, yeah. the me, it just said, "I'm an investor." <laughs> it's just a picture of <laughs> Ralph Wiggum. It's just, I'm an investor. Uh, I mean, I say all this. I do have some cryptocurrency, but I just fuck around with it. Uh, as like, well, I just wanted to say that, like, if you really uh, understand it, <laughs> pardon me. Um, no, I, you know, fan of the show, previous number one fan, Kyle Lipinski, anytime it's one of his funniest bits, he his delivery of it is always so good. Somebody picks up a phone when they're in a group, you know, yeah. just like has to walk away while they're on the phone. I just go, <laughs> I sell, I sell, I sell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one, man. Such a cut. Yeah. Oh, a businessman over here. I sell, I sell. I sell, I sell. Yeah, you know, I made a bunch of money on Dogecoin, and like we're going to the moon. What does any of this mean? Like, just shut up. Well, uh, the irony is you're mixing metaphors here. Going to the moon has to do with shorting, uh, buying the GameStop, uh, GameStop stock, and they were like going to the moon because once the guys that had shorted the stock had to actually pay in or whatever, they were going to ruin all those, you know, uh, private equity firms. And, they like diamond hands was like don't sell don't sell or whatever i mean i'm out on all of it i don't well, i don't really mess with that thank you crypto stuff. bro for explaining explaining that to me but i knew that i'm just saying <laughs> they are using that terminology for their stupid dogecoin yeah. investments hey look you don't get to call me crypto bro when one of us owns crypto hey man i'm just trying to like see what they're talking about just to keep an eye on them. <laughs> i'm just keeping an eye on them yeah did you also did you also buy an nft piece of art no no I will though, as long as it burns down a certain amount of the rainforest, and I can confirm that I will buy a couple of those. Man, fuck them trees. Fuck, we don't need trees. Yeah. We need trees for we got Dogecoin NFT fungible. That's another word that I'd like for it to go away into the sun. If I could just send fungible <laughs> and non fungible, both of them together, just put them on a rocket ship, send them to the moon. Don't want to hear that shit. We're going anymore. to the moon. Fungible. We're going to the moon. Oh, uh, you know, it's fungible, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, you know, by the dips and fungible and like, oh, please. Do you, can we stop with, can you stop and go back to being an idiot, please? It's really surprised me, <sighs> Elon being on this episode of Saturday Night Live, how many people have kind of outed themselves to me as fans of Elon. Yeah. He's a genius. The guy's a genius. He's a real genius. No, he's not. No. He's fucking... 
He's just his parents' money to buy Tesla and also buy the right to say he invented Tesla. He's not a genius. Yeah, he's he's bought everything he's ever quote unquote invented, and he's also like it's, treated a lot of people. Like, like, it's like Adam Sandler and Chris Farley getting on that school bus. Yeah, yeah no, you didn't. didn't. <laughs> Me and Dad yeah, but you could imagine. Yeah, no. we got it on. No, you didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah that's what they're oh he's such a revolutionary uh he's like a, a abusive piece of shit is what he is he treats people in his life like shit and uh treats the towns that he puts his companies in like shit and treats the environment like shit so fuck off he's he sucks i mean i'm not gonna go out on the streets and like protest against him because i don't really care enough about him but I'll watch some of this episode of Saturday Night Live in order to get the Weekend Update, and then I'll listen to Weekend Update, and then I'll probably I'll stop. I mean, I'm going to see it as a, a morbid curiosity. I've seen one cl- skit that was fucking horrible about uh, <laughs> it was like yeah. about like slang terminology and him using. Oh, it's just terrible. But um, yeah, I, I one of my funniest jokes in the past couple years was when they did the SpaceX launch, and uh, everybody was excited and watched it. You know. And I was like, oh, this is the point where Elon Musk appears on all of our TV sets in a close-up and says that he wants uh, $80 billion or he destroys the Earth, right? And then and then when I did that, there was a lot of sour, just like, you don't get You don't get his genius. You don't get it. You don't get it. He's, don't Josh get probably it. loves him. He's, he's into space stuff, right? I, yeah, I mean, Josh loves him. Josh probably has Dodgecorn. <laughs> he probably does. Dogecoin, is that what she said? <laughs> that's a different thing. Mikey's got butt coin for sure. Butt coin, he does. He's got man. Don't knock it till you try. I got a bunch of turd coin. It's all right. Um, let me get one butt coin. Um, <clears throat> God, what a world we live in. I just like, I constantly think about. You know, I've been working on this time machine for like 30 years of my life. And uh, when I finish it, I'm like, man, how am I going to explain this shit to like 12-year-old me? Is that where you'd go first? Is just go back to your 12-year-old self and be like, heads up. I'd just go back and be like, man, it doesn't get any better. It just gets worse. <laughs> but uh, but buy, buy Buttcoin. See ya. I'd go back to 17-year-old me and say, read the liner notes to that Incubus. Read the liner notes lyrics. <laughs> There's going to come a day. Also, the, the, the two songs you think are the same song are uh, two different songs. Not, so. not the same song, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You came all the way back from the future to tell me that? <laughs> yeah. like, well, it's not a lot else to talk about, to be honest. Nothing, it, nothing exciting. Uh, nothing really happens exciting in the future. <laughs> yeah. This dude hosted Saturday Night Live that you're like indifferent about. Yeah. Everybody else loves him. Everybody else loves him. You're going to know that. And you're going to have a moderately successful podcast one day. I know that. Oh, you don't know what a podcast is yet, but uh, you will. Do you moderately know what, successful. You know That's what, like, right? I wasn't going to go back and lie to myself. <laughs> I just don't think that I could, I don't think I have the, you know, because of my personality, I think I would just go back and troll myself, which would be totally not serving me as, you know, as being helpful. Look, I, 
to be honest with you, I kind of feel like that probably already happened. <laughs> that's and we are we are in the timeline of the kid that got trolled. So that's why up. I there was I was a different person, and then I went back in time and ruined myself. Yeah, you had the chance to be a good person. Yeah, but I went back in time, and you know, weren't you, weren't you like? Did you were you like one rank below Eagle Scout? No, I was Eagle Scout. I am an Eagle you Scout. Got Eagle Scout. Yeah. So it was that you definitely went back in time to like maybe six months after you got Eagle Scout. Yeah. Because I assume Eagle Scout Joey was like a pretty good kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what happened. It was uh, you know, who knows? I guess that means that my my time machine was successful. So. Yeah. <laughs> you can be proud of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be proud of yourself for ruining your own just, life. Just went back in time and literally ruined my own life. Just, just, just because I can. Just because. Uh, that, that is the most on brand thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Let's I, go ahead and get this over with. Let's go ahead and fuck this kid's life up. I mean, that is the, uh, you know, I am the scorpion. Cuckoo, cuckoo. It's the ultimate, ultimate yeah. self troll. Yep. Jake just texted me. I'm suspicious. What? Jake just texted me and said, I'm suspicious of these questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. My name is Kid Rock. Um, Yeah, I I had a good, I had a good one on the, I got Jake pretty good this week because uh, I had a theoretical question, which I wanted you, I wanted to know your answer to because everybody just kind of ignored it. But like, let's say that you had to choose one of your hands to suddenly be three times its normal size, and it stays that way forever. Do you choose your non non dominant hand or your dominant hand? Oh, I don't hear you. Really? There you go. Now I can hear you. Not easily the non dominant hand. Okay, what's it's your reasoning? Even, it's not even a question. What's your reasoning? Well, my reasoning is if my hand is three times the size of what it is right now, it is cumbersome and it gets in the way. And like, if you think about like the kettle that you warm up coffee with mm-hmm. or a glove or, you know, anything that you're always reaching with your dominant hand, it's going to get in the way. It's going to be more of an annoyance than, than a help. I, well, I, see, I see that point of view from the matter of like writing with a pencil, et cetera, would be more difficult then. But I feel like having, because your non-dominant hand is so much, can do so much more. I just feel like having this one super powered, they would be even more super powered to have it be your dominant hand. Like imagine the jars no. you could open. No, no, you can still open a jar with your left hand though. Uh, yeah, but it's more difficult. I don't know. I just think there'd be some benefits to having. Like, what about being able to just sock it, sock somebody in the face, and have you know explode their head? Well, you can't punch with your left hand. Uh, I can, but not as well as with my right hand. Yeah, but it was three times the size. Now you got two right hands. Yeah. I guess so. Look, I think I is... think I think everybody who said non-dominant is like like t- not taking into effect how awkward it is to do certain things with your left hand. I mean, if you're left, I'm I'm assuming that we're talking about right-handed people because you know I don't yeah, I don't course. I don't even consider left-handed people to be human beings. So 
Yeah. Um, so if you, you're talking about like your left hand, it's awkward to do things with that. You know? um, if it's already awkward to do something with your left hand, it may as well be gigantic. Yeah, but I feel like you're losing so much things you could do with having a dominant hand that, that is no, super powerful. See, this is just like my mom in a seatbelt argument. Here <laughs> you're imagining the two or three things that having a hand that is three times the size of normal size on your dominant side, the two or three situations where it would be almost miraculous and amazing to have that huge hand. But the simple drone of everyday tasks with a hand that is way too big is just too annoying. I And my, now, ar- my argument would be that the dominant, the things that you could do that were so incredible with the dominant hand would make up for that. Well, you're saying that, and my mom says she thinks that seatbelts are a government conspiracy and that more people die because they're wearing a seatbelt than people that are saved because they're wearing a seatbelt. Because, and I quote her, what if you go into the river? Hmm. Well, <laughs> you, you can't get out of a seatbelt, she says. Yeah, but if, so she, but if your dominant hand was three times the size. <laughs> pardon just me! Saying. <laughs> just saying. Hey, I got, I got something for you. Yeah. I'm taking us into hype still out. Well, I had another point about the hand thing, but. Oh, great. No, Here no, we go, go. we don't need to go into it. You go ahead. No, I want to hear it. Happy Mother's Day. Let's hear it. Uh, Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Um, no, Jake said that, of course, Jake, you know, brought up the fact of, uh, pleasuring oneself. And he said uh-huh. that, you know, he doesn't want to like embarrass himself to himself by making his, uh, you know, his bits look smaller than they are. Um, and I, I said, and it was, it was an honest question at first. And then I was like, wow, I just kind of, you know, there's a lot to this. I just said, I, I thought that I, Jake, I always thought that you liked being humiliated. <laughs> you know, because you know, you know, when you see somebody get humiliated a lot over and over, you just figure at some point it's like you're 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 out of your, he loves it. You love it. He loves and I'm not judging you. I'm not. There's people that are into that. I'm not judging anybody. For well, that. no. I mean, the thing is, my hand is about twice the size of Jake's, and I've had my hand on his bed. <laughs> <laughs> so. You just replied with the most Jake reply. To that you just out Jake to yeah. Jake. Um <laughs> yeah. it, was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a warm summer night, nineteen ninety nine. You hear that police siren in the background? That's the horny police coming to get you. They're coming to get you. Anyway, they need you to calm down. <laughs> I'll open up the door. I'm gonna say, look, fellas, pardon me. <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> While I did my toes, <laughs> they're like, "That's not how that lyric goes." They're like, that goes with the other song, man. Yeah, like I know it's the same song. It was like the one of the first bands that was big rock and roll band that used electronic kind of like sound production in their instrumentation, and then because of Incubus, we have Lincoln Park. Yeah, I feel like they were like just yeah. There's there's a connection to them in rap rock for sure. Uh, yeah, it's like taking like these ideas and adding some more electric uh, EDM it's style like, electronics. It's stuff. like taking those ideas and then turning your hat backwards. Yeah, drinking a monster. 
<laughs> what's uh what's next up what we got here what are you what are you, what are you taking so i got a i got a i got a suggestion for a hype still out okay i think we could say hype still out but also still holds up okay. with rising intonation question mark and i'm gonna i'm here i watched a movie last night and into today that i'm gonna say i think it still holds up for what it is okay the Dark Knight Rises. Is that the third one? It is the third one. It was the mostly disliked one of the three. Most people didn't like it. I dislike the first one a lot, and I like the second one a lot. Um, but I never saw the third one. Never saw it. Okay. Actually never saw well, it. Well, it's not very coherent yeah. as a plot. It is. Uh, it, it should be knocked for its aspirational kind of like uh, Icarus-type writing. Mm-hmm. Um, most people clowned on Tom Hardy for being indecipherable yeah. in his you know, line <sighs> delivery. But yeah. <clears throat> I think, honestly, it still holds up. Probably not. I just really love Tom Hardy. And I just <laughs> won't watch any movie with Tom Hardy in it. See, the reason I didn't watch it <clears throat> is I my girlfriend at the time... Well, my my girlfriend and I broke up around the time that movie came out. She had, she was in that movie as an extra, and she okay. also was uh, she had a she had an obsession with Tom Hardy that was made it uncomfortable to be in a relationship with her. So it was like the perfect <laughs> well, storm of like now I've I've since gotten over my like Tom Hardy you know insecurity because I loved him before her and I met um yeah. but yeah it just at the time i was like fuck that movie i ain't watching that movie well <clears throat> he's almost unrecognizable as tom hardy yeah <clears throat> um and you know if you you know you leave one relationship with an unhealthy obsession with tom hardy and then you fall backwards into another one with me <laughs> Because of your unhealthy, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a I have a very distinct unhealthy relationship with Tom Hardy. Yeah. He doesn't know, but um, you know, it's there. Yeah, you never. Made- I, it's on. Look, it's on HBO Max. I'd say give it a shot. Uh yeah. Well, funny enough, Jackie's trying to watch all the Batman movies. God. In order. So let me ask before you go any further. Yeah, have you watched all the Sam Mendes movies or whatever Rockwell movies? <laughs> no, it's impossible. There's there's too many. We have not. So here's the okay. Once again, the problem with Jackie's completionist ideology, which is flawed and fundamentally broken. Yeah, like you can't say I'm gonna watch all these movies. And then, like, not watch those movies for two decades. That's not watching all the movies. You can't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to read every book by this author. But in the meantime, I'm going to spend uh, the next 12 months reading other books. Like, that's like, you're not on a mission there. Yeah, but you have your whole lifetime to complete these quests, I guess, would be her argument. But then that's just called watching movies. Well, I don't know. Take it up with her. I just live in, I'm trying I to. just live in U2's world. That's all I do. So, yeah. Joshua Tree? Yeah. <laughs> Joshua Tree. What? That's that's your world? Is Joshua Tree? No, you just said I just live in U2's world. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean 
<laughs> the two of you's world. Zuropa would be, I, you that, know, would, be, would be that world. I just, you know, look, I don't, I mean, let's get, let's have the people weigh in. You can't, can you say, I'm going to watch every Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie in, in order, and then it's going to take me 22 years. That's not watching them in order. That's just, you happen to be watching them in order, but you're not, quote, watching them in order. If you're watching something as a completionist, it means you're watching that to the exclusion of everything else. And I guarantee you, when Bill Ambler listens to this fucking podcast, he better come down on my side. Because I think of anybody that's spent time and thought about this, it's going to be him. And, and I'm right. I'm right. Uh, I feel like he would appreciate Jackie's completionist uh, completionism more than you do. She's not completed anything. I mean, I've completed uh, stuff. Like, I, I damn, I'm a completionist more than she is. Okay. I mean, don't. I don't. don't I don't know to how to like. I mean, right I'm sure that. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Let us let us know which hand, dominant or non-dominant, everybody. Call, right in. <clears throat> which one would you have? Grow three sizes. <clears throat> if you're gonna if you're gonna have a hand that's three sizes too big, are you gonna watch all of Sam Mendes? <laughs> Sam Mendes. That's Sam a guy Mendes. that wrote American Beauty or directed American Beauty. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, what what's the what's the shit? Now I'm thinking about another director. It's like the poor man's uh, Chris what, Gus Van Sant. The poor man's Gus Van Sant. The same man is. <laughs> I wanted to say Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. <laughs> that Chris Cooper. There's no replacement. There's Chris, no replacement for Chris Cooper. The Chris Cooper face from American Beauty. <laughs> that Chris Cooper face. <laughs> it's like on par with like the Josh Gray face. So. Uh, <laughs> It's just a uh, Chris Cooper face from the Bourne movies. <laughs> yeah. Here, soldier. All right. Uh, uh, interacting with people again. Cause now I got to do that, I guess, since I'm vaccinated and I'm just any social situation I've been in. I was telling Jackie this last night. I'm like, even with my friends, I'm just like being just awkward. I was awkward before. And now I'm just like, so what about the fact that the sun's going to burn out in a thousand years? And they're like, oh, okay, well, can you just go home? Um, I just don't know how to, re- I don't know how to interact with anyone anymore. So I've just, I've gone feral, basically, you know, <laughs> it's gone feral. So I'm just like, a, just, just grunting like Tim Allen or saying things that are just putting my foot in my mouth. So. Well, you know, I mean, I guess maybe for some, 2020 wasn't so bad because you weren't around. <laughs> well, you know, whatever. That's fine. Haters. I got another hype still out. Okay, go ahead. Vinyl Illuminati. Why? Because <laughs> I went, I was like, I haven't seen him post anything in a while. I and I went and the last one was like... A, Six weeks ago, I was like, hey, "This look, motherfucker quit." I've I've been va- been dealing with this vaccination. <laughs> That's what I'm dealing with. It's a, it's a tough thing. So <laughs> I was like, I got so much shot in front. I got so smug. <laughs> I filled my little glass well, now- cup with an espresso shot. And I came in here, my pinky raised. I was like, <laughs> he hasn't updated this. <laughs> well, that's going to motivate me to, to to get back on the horse. So. 
Great. Yeah, I look forward to it. I mean, I, I did everything I could to get it pushed in my algorithm, and then it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Hater. <laughs> I love it. What have you been consuming? Uh, so I've been watching that show, Invincible, which I'm sure everybody's told you to watch. Um, I don't think I've even heard of it. Uh, you read The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. Did you read the comic book? Yeah, I read like maybe two years worth of it. Yeah, I, yeah. We I think we were reading it around the same time. Um, so that guy Rob Robert Kirkman who who created it, he created this this comic book Invincible before Walking Dead, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, it's about like a it's about a superhero's son and him dealing with his powers, but there's a lot, lot more to that, to it than that. In Kirkman's style, it's very shocking. There's a lot of brutality. There's a lot of like, oh shit, that character died, and I did not expect that. Um, but it is the hot. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't heard anybody talking about it because um, it's uh, it's it's a Amazon Prime show, but it's it's animated, so you're not gonna like it. But um, it's uh, it's animated. It's got every every celebrity from the past ten years is in it. Really? Uh, f- what's his name is uh Steven Yun from Walking Dead who is Glenn is the main character but then uh JK Simmons is the is his father plays the father and uh Sandra O's oh in it um just a ton of people that you you Sounds be- like it'd be real good if it wasn't animated. Yeah, I mean I think you could probably get over that, but I don't know what your hang up is with animated stuff. So um it it is very yeah. action oriented. Um it's got Jason Manzukis is in it from uh Okay from uh How Did This Get Made? And uh he plays a character just the character you would expect him to play. Uh Walton Goggins is in it, just a bunch of people are in it. Like you'll hear a voice and be like, Oh, uh, that's got to be somebody I, in the, because it's Amazon. You can pause it and it'll bring up the cast members when you do that. Yeah. Um. And so every time I've been like, that is that who I think it is, and like, yeah, it is. Um. I'll check it out for Walton Goggins alone. Yeah. He he plays like kind of the mastermind of the CIA kind of group in the thing. Um, yeah. He's really good. Uh, watch is the, the is the main character's son named Carl. No, Coral, Coral. Um, no, he's not. Um, it it wound up being really good. It kind of went through. I went through some uh, roller coaster of like, eh, I'm not sure how great this is. Um, I I can't really talk about my criticisms of it without spoiling it. So I'll see. If, I think you should watch the first episode, but watch it all the way through to the end. You're going to get about halfway through the episode and be like, this is just like everything else I've ever watched about a superhero show. Um, but stick with it to the end. And if the end hooks you, then it's worth watching the rest of the series. There's only eight episodes. Um, and they were releasing you know, them. You know what I'll do? What? I'll do that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll do that. I think it's worth it to see, present some interesting ideas. Um, and I think it's worth it to see the cast and it's very like the animation is, I don't love the animation cause it's kind of anime style, but since you like Akira, that might, uh, that might make it better for you. I mean, for um, me, animation, like the more realistic it is, the more I can get with it. Yeah. The more cartoony it is, the more just like, it just, I'm just not engaged. Yeah. You just have to see if you can get over that. 
Um, but it's fans of the comic book love it. Now I, I'm not a big Robert Kirkman fan as time has gone on. I feel like I like I fell for his like one trick, which is no no character is safe. But yeah. then like that's all he's got, and so he just yeah. that's what happened with The Walking Dead is he just kept he's like oh we've met a warlord and now we have to deal with the fact that he's killing our people and then it's like oh we killed that warlord now we've met a a warlord who's gonna <laughs> kill our people. He has a baseball bat this time. Um, it's just that over and over again. So it's like kind of the same thing. But so I've kind of like been like, eh, it's kind of hacky in a way. But like, it's, yeah, I think it's worth watching. I definitely, it was one of the shows where I was like, damn, I want to see the next episode. I got to see what happens. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, and it's only eight episodes. They're, they're, I think they're all 30 minutes. I don't know. Um, so wow, that's that's you're really speaking my language with some of the people in it and yeah. the, the how short that is. Like I, I I can get behind a thirty minute episode. Yeah, uh, Seth Rogen's in it, so don't let that hold you back. But yikes! Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have told you that. Is he um, the is he the Green Lantern? He is the Green Lantern. I mean, he yes, there is a Green Lanternish character that he, I actually told Jackie. I said this character's kind of like Green Lantern because he's like the space police kind of guy. Um, that's what Seth yeah. Rogen is. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. What an honorable mention. Yeah. Um. Oh, what's her name? Jillian. What's her name from Community? Is in it too. Anderson. Is that her name? That's the person from. That's the person from X Files. I think. <laughs> Jillian, what's her name? She played uh Britta on Jillian, Jillian Welch. Is that her? No, that's yeah. a musician. She uh she played Britta on Community. <clears throat> um, yeah. she's in it as a main role. And oh, Zazie Beats is in it. I love Zazie Beats. So. Yeah, now I'm just even more upset it's animated again. <laughs> well, she does look I like Zazie want, Beats in it. I just want to watch these people act though. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the the voice acting is impressive in it. I mean, it's 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 a little distracting because it's like, oh shit, that's that person I recognize. That's that person I recognize. J.K. Simmons is yeah. great in it, just great. Um, and you kind of won't know how to feel about his character, which is like one of the good best parts of the show. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, Mark Hamill's in it too. Like everybody's in the show. Right, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But I so I watched that. And then I was listening to uh, this a new podcast that I've never listened to before called Chris DeMakes, a podcast. It's by this guy, Chris DeMakes. His last name is D-E-M-A-K-E-S. But it's Chris DeMakes, a podcast. He's the lead singer from that band. Uh, I know you love ska. So uh, that band, Less Than Jake. Speaking of Jake. Um, you know who loves Less Than Jake? Jake? Delaney. Uh, I can see that. I can see that yeah. our buddy Delaney, yeah. Glenn Delaney. Um, yeah. So it's the lead singer of less than Jake interviews other people who are from like the pop punk and emo scene from his same kind of era. Um, and he asked them about one of their famous songs and it's, it's mostly like their most famous song, you know? So yeah. he, he did an episode. The episode I listen am listening to is Blake Schwarzenbach from jawbreaker. Um, and they're doing Boxcar, which is the like the most well-known Jawbreaker song. And he's just mm-hmm. asking them about how they recorded it and how he feels about it and like how they feel about the fact that it was popular and 
how does that change you when you have a hit song and all this stuff? And it's pretty well done. I mean, it's not super long, um, but it's interesting because the interesting part of it is it's uh, it's one of their peers interviewing them about it. You know, like because he's like he's like well, we were huge Jawbreaker fans and we actually played with you guys once and blah 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 and this and that. So it's like it's this guy like who is 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 talking to other bands that he's a fan of, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's usually just one person for the band, I think, that he talks to. But um, I think it's like the, the main songwriter. But uh, yeah, it's worth worth checking out. I haven't listened to any of the other episodes, but um, I looked through and there were songs that I recognized that they were talking about. So. Yeah, they got the Mighty Mighty Boston. What's up? Yeah, I actually want to listen to that episode. It's got D- D- Dickie, what's his name, from the Mighty Mighty Boston. It's, uh, what about Real Big Fish? That's pro. They're probably they've got to be on there. There's no way they're not. Yeah, I think he's got like 50 episodes or something. So, yikes. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I've been I've been listening to a podcast this week too. Um, you ever heard this podcast called "You're Wrong About"? You're wrong about no. I have not. So it's these two people that go back into you know major cultural touchstone moments uh-huh. of the past, and they you know, they kind of break the narrative that has lasted as a result. Okay. And they talk about what was actually happening in the, uh, you know, cultural and political landscape at the time. And the one that I listened to this week was, is called the chicks versus the Iraq war, which was about the Dixie chicks. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how, and like, you know, they talked a lot about the censorship of the news media during the run-up to and the beginning of the Iraq war and how, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and also about like country music and the ideology of country music and then where the Dixie Chicks were when this kind of unfurled, yeah. which was, they were the number one band. Like they, they were, yeah. they sold more records than any other female band in the history of female bands. they sold $46 million worth of tickets. Yeah. Yeah, they were huge. And and then they just they just evaporated. Yeah, Um, it's it's a good episode. I think that um, you know, I I I I don't know if I mean they have one on the O.J. Simpson trial. They Mm -hmm. have you know Vanessa Williams. So it's sort of like how this how how this act was how this historical thing was perceived versus the truth about it in a way. Um, kind of like, yeah. or what we remember about it versus yeah. what was actually happening at the time. You know? <clears throat> that sounds interesting. I feel so, like that kind of show would make me mad a lot because <laughs> it's going to be a lot of like <laughs> things that would make me upset that people believe. But uh, that sounds interesting. Well, <clears throat> that's all right. And then I also um, shout out to Mikey. He suggested a musician from Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. Called Charlie Charlie Marie, and it's a female country singer. And I listened to her album called Ramble On, just came out this year. I, I think about two or three times, and it's good. I I wonder if I would have stayed with it if I didn't know that she was from Providence. Hmm. It was like kind of neat that this yeah you know, really well established, well defined country voice was coming out of Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good country album. It's kind of right down the middle. It's not too pop. It's not too any one direction or another it's just you know i think with country it just comes down to whether or not you like the voice or not yeah she's got a great voice and pretty good you know stories on her album and that's 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 kind of what i've been consuming what's what's her name again charlie marie charlie marie okay 
Cool. Um, well, are you ready for this? If, if you're not watching the UFC, get the fuck. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Uh, this is the OC season two. This is episode three, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Episode three of season two, the new kids on the block is the title of the episode. Um, in this episode, we're still dealing with the, we're still dealing, the the main theme of this episode is Ryan and Seth trying to fit back into this school hierarchy that they have left, including their interactions with their friends and former friends and former love interests, etc. Um, we have, uh, one of the running storylines is that Ryan, uh, has encountered a girl that has transferred in on an academic scholarship to the school and uh, he starts out their their sort of their meet cute is him elbowing her in the face, really hard, so hard I think he probably broke her nose. Um, and she spills coffee all over herself. So we have a running story of that because of course they get paired up as lab partners together and have to work together and uh, come to an agreement on life and how they perceive things. Um, the other main storyline is Seth trying to figure out how to be friends with summer and he takes this job on we well we'll get to this in a minute he, he he takes on a job to get tickets to a hoobastank show no uh to uh the walkman show because he knows that summer likes the walkman so he the he finds out that this venue that the walkman are playing at if the if if he works he can get free tickets so he his big sacrifice is that he he has to clean up the bathrooms and all this stuff, and so he gets the free tickets for Summer, and then uh, Summer is dealing with her feelings about Seth and also her feelings about Zack Attack. You know, Zack's the new love interest for Summer, and, uh, you know, he's he's it got that. We'll talk more about their kind of relationship later. Um, and then we have the adult storyline is that Caleb is still dealing with the legal impact of everything, and Sandy has agreed to be his lawyer, which has caused Sandy to get fired from his legal practice that he worked at. Uh, Kirsten is obviously kind of trying to circle the wagons, and the big bomb that gets dropped is that Caleb has decided to make Julie Cooper the CEO of... Uh, of the the Newport group. Um, <clears throat> Olivia Wilde is in this episode as the manager of this music venue, and uh, we have some we have some Jimmy and and Marissa interaction, and then also Marissa is is kind of dealing with her feelings for Ryan, and she doesn't really have much to do in this episode other than uh, awkwardly interact with people. <laughs> we do have a scene with her and Seth which is kind of nice where Seth asked for her advice, but she walks in on Ryan kind of having a moment with this new girl and, you know, does the Marissa face. And that's that. Um, I would say the biggest thing in this episode is the introduction of an important character to the OC, which is the bait shop. And the bait shop is the OC's, what was the, I think in 90210 it was called the Peach Pit. But it's basically it like the teen hangout club, which how does any of these clubs make any money because they're not selling alcohol or whatever? Um, but but can I also say that Summer technically didn't even know where the where the bait shop was? Well, yeah, it's kind of yeah because Seth says, "Hey, this is the bait shop," but it's like, well, wouldn't Ryan already know about the bait shop? 
Yeah. Obviously, they, they, it's on the fucking pier. Yeah, it's on They're the pier. They're always out there eating Balboa yeah. bars and going to the diner. They can't see the bait shop just right around the corner. I was wondering if it was like a new venue or something, or if it had just been turned into a music venue, and maybe that's you what he what was I'm saying. Gonna do? I'm going to open a brand new club that caters to teens, and I'm going to hire a 17 year old to manage it. <laughs> Yeah, that's Olivia Wilde is the manager. Um, I think it's one of it's got to be one of Olivia Wilde's first performances, right? Um, this yeah. is like way before she was ever known for anything. Um, and I'm surprised that she would ever be known for anything but that haircut once you <laughs> on screen with it. She has this rooster haircut with like very, very, very current color stylings. Like it's purple and pink and this and that. Like it's but, like OG alt girl shit. Yeah, yeah, OG alt girl stuff. Um, but anyway, the bait shop is an important character in the future of the show because presumably because the show was a phenomenon, some of these bands that appeared on the soundtrack in season one start to play on the show and they need to have a conceit for why, you know, the Walkmen can appear on this show and it's because they have this music venue. So the... The Guster. What? Well, how come they, how come, how come Guster didn't play at the bait shop last year? Because I don't think they had the idea that they needed to have a regular venue, you know? Yeah, yeah. How dare you answer my rhetorical question with an actual response? Oh, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I should have just <laughs> let that stand. Is like, yeah, yeah, sure. You, you got him. You know, the, you got Josh Ward. Where, where the, the, the truth is that venue got shut down after a couple of uh, undercover cops were selling cocaine to teenage boy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's to Oliver. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Usually they have to go to L.A. to see all these bands and stuff, but now they're they're here. Um. Yeah, the Walkmen make an appearance as themselves in this episode and play some songs. And uh, that's not this is not the last time. Spoiler alert that a that a band an indie rock band is going to show up and play on the OC. So, I I think I know one more band. I'm excited to see who else takes the stage at the bait yeah. shop. Yeah, there are some more performances. So it's a interesting thing. I mean, some people would probably argue that this is kind of like a cheesy gimmick or whatever, but I think it's kind of cool because oh. I like the I like the it can be both. Yeah, it can be both. I like the aspect of like these bands wanted to be on the show or like because okay, I think that the I think the soundtrack blew up in a way that they didn't expect it to, and that's a test testament to Josh Schwartz's taste, I think, because it's like his personal record collection. But um, yeah, it was interesting to have the bait shop introduced because I I'd forgotten about the bait shop and. I was like, oh, forgotten that I thought that the bait shop and Olivia Wilde weren't until season three. Uh, same, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had completely forgotten about the bait shop. I knew Olivia Wilde was in it, but I thought she was in season three. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately I could say that I forgot about the bait shop. I just assumed that I remember that bands came in and played on the show. Yeah, right. But I had assumed that it was like Guster's treatment last year, where it was yeah. just whatever concert hall. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's you're totally – I'm with you in your excitement that, like, oh, man, that's right. We're going to be spending a lot of time in this very clean bar. <laughs> yeah, it's very clean. <laughs> with a very, like – it looks like it's too, really easy to sneak into the place because it's, like, just kind of, like, doesn't seem like there's much organization to the way you get in and stuff. But – well, I mean, when you have a 17-year-old running the, the place, then maybe she won't lock the front door at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, it's 
great. Seth and Ryan just walk in. And I'm like, what the f- actual fuck is happening yeah. here? They just walked into this venue. Like they're it's not open venue. Yeah. Why, why were they able to just walk in? Um, how come Olivia Munn hasn't been robbed yet? If she's doing work with headphones in and right at the bar, she doesn't have an office. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like uh not not a good thing to do. She's got her headphones on. She tries to to she she subdues Seth when he like how how dare he try to talk to her. Um Did you um did you hear what Seth said when he walked in? No. Pardon me. <laughs> I wish he would have. I wish Incubus would have played on the show. Um yeah. He, I, the, my favorite quote from Seth this episode is when he's like telling Seth, telling Ryan why he wants to get these tickets and he's doing it first. He's like, "Oh, it's a whole new dimension of selflessness for me." Because 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 uh, Ryan had just said, "Hey, you're talking about yourself in like the fourth person now." So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have written down from the very opening, the cold <laughs> open of the show. You're asking, you're talking about yourself in the third person. And then he calls back to the haircut joke about Paul. He says, how is Seth's hair right now? (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Um, There's a, speaking of the bait shop and, and and Olivia and, and, and this stuff, there's a point where her and Seth have to pick up a, a box of wine glasses and it's as if they're picking up a piano. They're like, oh, this is so well, heavy. Like, how heavy is that many wine glasses? I, I think that was Adam Brody's uh, attempt at physical comedy. Okay. Well, it was just like, yeah. it's kind of like, what? First of all, you need two people to pick this up, and then you might, it's all, you guys need to get a third person to help carry these, <laughs> what, there's like four dozen wine glasses? Like, that's that can't be yeah. that heavy. Uh, I think that it was because uh, it sets up the joke for her saying you're out of your element. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, Seth has never lifted anything heavy, and him saying, "Oh, I'm I'm working a blue collar job," and Ryan's a science nerd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is a flipping of their their roles in this one, where Ryan is super into science and is studying, and uh, because of you know this this new girl gives him the the opportunity to do that. The, the story what's your, wise, what's your take? What's your take on Lindsay Gardner? I completely forgot about her as a character. Um, yeah, I, something something tells me we're not going to have a long relationship with her because I completely forgot she existed. Yeah, I completely forgot it. I do think it's like intense how brutally he elbows her in that first scene. It made my nose <laughs> hurt. I was like, holy shit! Um, and then he hits uh, her in the head man. with a bag later on. Like it's 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 intense, yeah. but um. Yeah, I I will say that one of my uh, favorite scenes in the thing was was when Julie comes to Jimmy's boat to pick up Marissa, and her and I have a note. I said Tate Donovan's hair on that boat. Oh yeah, man, he's got full on boat hair. He's never looked better yeah. than he looked on that boat right yeah. there. That he was looking, alligator shirt. He's he's looking good. Yeah, he's got the the was that Izod or something. So, no, it's an alligator. An alligator? Yeah, was it a Lacoste shirt? Lacoste. Lacoste. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but him, he has a as they've done every 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 episode this season. I think him and Julie have this square off where he, he they're talking about Cal and stuff, and she has a moment that humanizes her 
um, where she goes, yeah. he goes, I, you know, you married me because of my money. And she, and she's like, you married me because of, because I was pregnant, but I married you because I loved you. And well, see, he says, this keeps happening because you keep marrying for money. And yeah. she said, I didn't marry you for your money. He said, yeah, you married me because you got pregnant. She said, I didn't marry you. You married me because I was pregnant. I married you because I loved you. Brutal. It was, it was a moment of like, that's why I think that Julie and Cal are such great characters because they humanize them in a way that keeps them in the show. Like they, they do horrible things, but then they do these humanizing things where it's like, oh, they're not just sociopaths. They're just harsh people, but they, they have feelings and emotions. They're more complex than just a villain chewing up the scenery. They do get to have those moments, but um, it was, it was just an interesting moment for her as a character. And, for sure. and I thought it was like, it hit me. I was like, damn, you know, cause I don't know. They, they, they kind of like, there are times in the show where they just play off the fact that these two characters were married, but it is a big deal. Um, it was the, probably the best writing in the episode. Yeah. Um, the second best writing in the episode was, you know, it's funny because, you know, all this time we talk about like what these kids do and I'm like, you should, they shouldn't be doing that. And you're like, well, but they're kids. Let them be kids. They're kids. They're kids. <laughs> and then fucking Summer's little boy, Zach, comes at her with like the most mature shit ever. He's like, hey, you know, if this isn't, you know, if this doesn't work, if it was just a fling in the summer, that it can be that, you know, he's like, do you basically, you know? And she's like, oh, you're not jealous. You're, you're so calm and collect, you know? I mean, Zach is such a, he's such a perfect little dude. Yeah. She's shocked. Cause he's like, Hey, I know that like, I'm interested in you, but if you, you need to go see if you're still interested in Seth and uh, if this is all this was, it's fine. Cause I want you to be happy and I want to be happy. And like, it's like this, yeah, it's this level of like reason that none of the characters on the show show. <laughs> like, it's like, she is almost like breaks the fourth wall. It's almost like, what are you doing on this show? You're not supposed to be here. That makes sense. I was just about to say, like he's he's too wholesome for this show. He's too he's not toxic enough to last. Yeah, I wanted to date him. Jeez. Yeah, he's, me too. I was like, God, Lee. He's like, yeah, he's like the perfect dude. But I think that's the point. Oh. Is like he's he's there. I don't know. And contrasting him with Seth's, you know, failures in this relationship, it's like, damn, you should pick him. Like Seth, I, I'm on team Seth, but like shit i think it's it's ultimately going to be the kind of like the thesis of like it's about imperfections but like perfections that fit together you yeah know? like right. zach it's is ultimately yeah he is wonderful but he doesn't provide the spark right he's not the right fit but um <clears throat> man it would make the show a lot shorter if he was um yeah he, he's in that- i love i'd love to see the the episode where uh, or or the, the series of Zach and Summer where actually Zach, the son of the congressman, actually gets behind Summer in her run for public office, you know, yeah. a statewide like Senate seat or something like that. That would be great. Summer yeah. the senator? Yeah. Can we make that happen? I'd be, I'd be or, or, or governor of California, you know, like, yeah, I'd, oh I'd be God. into it. Um, I, well, how about? We already had that. <laughs> it was called Veep. How about a spinoff show with, uh, with Zach falls in love with Anna? Oh. And they're like they're this perfect all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that would be good. And they yeah, then they, 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 they just take revenge on everyone that's wronged them. Um, it takes a turn at some point, and they actually track down these other characters. And 
No, their best revenge is like continuing to give the best advice to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it made me, this new girl, Lindsay Gardner, made me think of Anna because I was like, yeah. Shit, I remember Anna. Anna was great. You yeah. know, like this girl, Lindsay Gardner, she ain't going to be here. She ain't going to be around. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I got good guy Zach here written down as one of my one of my notes. I think that's uh that was what we I only have one more so. quote. Sure. Well, I've got Julia CEO. That was brutal. Um, it makes perfect sense for Cal's logic, you know, like, oh, I gotta save my marriage, I gotta give you know, I gotta give her, you know, kind of real responsibility, but still run. He wants to, you know, it's easier to control. Julie wants to be puppet yeah, master. She's a puppet. Yeah. The whole story of, of the OC is how Cal has taken Kirsten for granted. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I was like, Kirsten, do not go. No. Do not go to work. Yeah, do not. Don't. Fuck that. Set your boundaries, girl. It's also like very like eh, almost a little unbelievable that Sandy would put so much on the line to take care of Cal like why I guess just because he because Kirsten wants him to well they've already said that if Cal goes down then Kirsten might go down too yeah you're right so he he's a he's worried about the fallout from that so he's willing to take yeah. a sacrifice to do that of course he is so, yeah you're right you're right it's at least that. enough for us to suspend our discipline right yeah you're right um you want to get some update on the songs from this episode music keys. I got one more quote oh go ahead yeah if you told me a year ago that you and I would be the two loneliest people in Newport, I wouldn't have believed them. Well, at least not the you part. Yeah, that's a nice. We so it sort of bookend the uh, the interaction we had between Ryan and Summer uh, two episodes ago or last episode, I think last I think episode, so. where he goes to Summer for some advice and they kind of bond. Uh, we have two scenes of Seth and Marissa kind of bonding. Because they're kind of the odd person out, because their their two love interests are involved, you know, with other people or or, or distant, you know. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's I like once again, I like when the characters that don't normally interact get a chance to interact by themselves, you know. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So, hook me up with these. All songs. right. So music cues and some of these songs I didn't it they didn't they they didn't stick with me. There's a few, but I'll go through all of them. Early, I think this is an order from 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 early in the show to late. On the Table by A.C. Newman. No Yes No, performed by Pet. Faded Beauty Queens, performed by The Thrills. Now, The Thrills have several songs on this soundtrack, but I didn't recognize that song. Uh, Little House of Savages by The Walkman. That's their big hit. Um, if you, I think if The Walkman had a hit, that was the hit. And that's the song they played first at the Bait Shack. Um, it's the one that goes... Um, which that guy has a good voice that sings for them. Um, Weekends performed by the Perishers, and then this great song at the end called Worn Me Down by Rachel Yamagata, um, who I've, I know who she is, but I've never really listened to her. I think that she has a pretty big following, but um, yeah, that, that has this like kind of she it's very Beth Ortony with like some electronic y sound and stuff in her lyrics they're very on on par for the scene about you know being taken advantage of people and relationships and etc um but yeah that's the uh-huh. music from this episode there were no iconic songs that i remembered from the show other than that walkman song um 
And I didn't even, I was like, I don't think I really ever listened to The Walkman. I was like watching the show. I was like, who are these guys? I'm, I don't like them, but I don't dislike them either. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, this is one of those like mid-tier indie bands that I just never got into. And maybe I should go check them out for an afternoon. Yeah, it, I think they were from that the era, the hives, the the strokes, yeah. the you know, it was the the, the bands. Um, and I never got into them either, other than the songs that were on this show. Um, I'd recognize them from that, but yep. Um, anything to say about this episode? Um, it's kind of a. It was just kind of a. Let's move it along. We're kind of slow yeah. burning this season a little bit. I was like on board last episode, but then I feel like they like were like we quite weren't really done with this broody stuff last episode, so we're gonna kind of drag it out into another one. So like, yeah. there's only so much we can go through of like, hey, we're gonna reestablish these characters and reconnect them before it's just kind of like the same thing over and over again. But I, I'm hoping and the next with the with the Ryan and Marissa is just once again Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events where she makes assumptions or he makes assumptions based on what they've seen. We've already forgotten basically. We didn't talk about it this episode about like Ryan pulling up on her and DJ the lawn boy. Yeah, you know, she and, does mention DJ to her dad or whatever, but yeah, it, it is kind of like sort of forgotten. And she, uh, oh, look, she just shows up at the school at the one time when he's talking to this girl and studying, of course. Yeah. And then she does the Marissa face and fades off into the shadows again to, go, to go presumably have some more vodka. Um, we didn't. We, that's one thing they didn't touch on is the is her drinking in this episode. She didn't. She didn't drink. No. Good for her. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, anything else to add about this? I'm all gravy, baby. All right. You look like you're about ready to pass out. So. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop this microphone and close the laptop and go to sleep. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify, maybe Apple. I don't know anymore. Uh, you can check out our shitty website at IOLTOS.com or email us. Uh, I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. And uh, I uh, guess. I'm going to wait until the. Uh, now, this is probably not going to be heard by anybody. Yeah. Um, Sapku said that you were right about Mortal Kombat. And Endress. Contrarian that he is, I'm like, what did he have to say? And Subku tried to sum it up in like one sentence. It's like, well, it wasn't bad enough to be good. It wasn't good enough to be good. Uh, and uh, and Interest was like, well, and I go, nope, <laughs> stop right there, stop right there. And I basically recreated your entire rant about Mortal Kombat from memory. I'm proud of you for doing that. That means a lot to me that you did that. I'm also proud that Subku said I was right. So. Yeah, uh, he won't hear that you said that. No, or he, that won't. he won't hear that I reported that back to you because there's no way he listens to this episode all the way through. No, definitely not. Until I tell him, that's a little Easter egg. Him, but yeah, a little Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, well, I am right, and you know, of course, Tros is going to have right. his own opinion. So, I hate to say it. you right. are right, and it feels so good. It just makes my teeth whiter. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we out. Let's get out of here. <laughs>
We'll see you next time. Have a good night.